that is where I want to build on because I laid for you the structure, the program the Lord would want to pass you through. I have not checked your flight tickets, so I don't know when your departure is. But I knew that we are doing one week. So, um, and I'm told there are people who might live on Saturday and so forth. So I'm working within this context of uh, five days. But we saw the rapture of the church. And then in the context of the rapture, the coming of the Messiah, I said we would handle what we handled yesterday. Now, the rapture of the dead church and the instruction that is embedded there. And then, after that, we would also handle glorification. I want to be able to have time to handle the glorification of the church, which is a big, big conversation the Lord has had with me. It's a whole message on his own, rather. And uh, uh, the vision of October 18th, the year 2021, as we will see when we get there. And today by voice, today by voice, uh, today by voice, today, the Lord spoke to me by voice. And he said, go and by voice, go and speak to the whole world about the glorification of the saints. And so I knew that he really wants me to do this. So I had to, 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 to now weigh between completing uh, the, the resurrection of the dead and uh, starting glorification. So I realized I need to finish what we began yesterday and go into the glorification of the church. And after the glorification of the church, I set out for you again at the introductory. Those that were here day one, I set out for you that I would like to advance it to the next conversations. Next conversations, the way we have calibrated them. Hallelujah. After this, the glorification of the church, we have the wooden pulpit, a conversation that really is relevant to you because it's tailored to the priesthood, but also to the church total. Uh, in that very tremendous vision of December 8th, the year 2021, December 8th, the year 2021, when the Lord lowered, he made me stand on the left side, the left hand side of the altar, and he lowered for me a wooden pulpit very fast from heaven, and uh, then there is a big conversation there on the replacement of the other pulpit that was there, the glass pulpit. I want to cover that also. Because if I don't cover that, I would not be complete at all. I think that is very central and critical because you are the practitioners at the pulpit. So that would be very important because that really is the core of this mission of he that stands here and is speaking with you. That is seated at the very core of my mission to the church. To restore the altar of the Lord and prepare the nations for the coming of the Messiah. Right? And so, so, so we have that. But in between, we have more conversations that I have to bring out. So I'm trying to see how to always bring out, to enrich the main theme with all the other conversations that you don't miss a thing. Right? Hallelujah. And I know very well that... Uh, we should also have a day put aside just to meet you, maybe two days, to meet different groups from different countries so that you may be able also to give us some status reports of the church in your countries, the progress 
on this revival move of God from your respective countries, uh, China, you know, you, t- you told me you have a great report, South Korea, and Finland, and Italy, and in that way, in those meetings, then we are going to be able to, um, somebody, can you go and turn on the, this light, there's, there's one light which is not on, unless these bulbs are dead. Yes, there's one. Don't, don't just switch on and off. Switch, check what that switch does. If you, swi- you swi- switch back, if it switches off something, you switch it on back. Machere, can you take church? She's going to act like a child over there. I don't have time for this. And walk with. Not there to teach her, so she's not a child. She's a very old woman here. So um. Now, I want us to complete the resurrection we began yesterday. And once we complete it, then I want to move. Listen to this now. I want to move to glorification. Because they they seem to be a little tired also. And then I want to move to the restoration of the pulpit. And then after that, I'll bring in all the other conversations and the judgments of the Lord and, and, and all even the dispensation beyond here, and deeper conversations at the throne room of God Almighty, if the time will allow. And we need to set time also to meet with different countries. And I'm saying all this with a lot of love, the love of Christ in my heart for you and your nations. Hallelujah. That uh, you may be found ready on that day. And so, yesterday we saw very clearly that in the vision of the rapture of the church, the vision whereby the Lord lifted me up above the earth and then he showed me the earth, I could see the surface of the earth, and then I saw as if an earthquake had hit, a global earthquake had hit the earth, a lot of dust and particles and movement, shaking of the surface of the earth, and then after that, um, as I was looking, I realized it was not an earthquake because I eventually now saw people in their glorious bodies coming out, coming out of, uh, coming out of that dust and shaking and the soil, the movement that was happening. People now in their glorious bodies, remember dust mixed with glory. And then at one point, now they went into the pure glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. And as they went into the pure glory of the Lord, they went and united with the Lord. Where the, I could see where the Lord was. The glory of the Lord was there. As they went and united with him and they entered into heaven. So, we also saw clearly that even me, the Lord is giving me much more understanding and translation and revelation about these conversations. Because now, we learned that that conversation of November 25th, the year 2006 at Kehancha, the border of Kenya with, uh, with uh, Tanzania, we compared it. We compared that conversation with the conversation that took place January 15th, the year 2017. Then we realized that, again, the Lord in the same manner. So even now, we are seeing so much by design of the Lord. In the same manner, lifted me up above the earth and asked me to look at the earth. And then I saw the church when for the first time she left the soil. 
So only now we are now able to fix the dots. We are able to see in like manner, like design, the first one he was literally talking about the rapture of the dead and the second one, the translation of the living. So now I can be able to put it together. It's amazing after many years, right? And so we realize that uh, the Lord is saying that very soon he will take the church. That's the bottom line conversation right there. That very soon there will be the exit of the church from the sin. The taking away of the church from the earth. And that's why you are here. That you may go and announce to your countrymen that now we have met the messengers of Yahweh and they have told us that the Lord has said that very soon he will take away the church from the earth. And that the purpose of making that alert, that announcement to your respective nations and populations is that it may now cause them to rethink, to think about their eternity. To rethink their Christian lives. To think about how they now want to really live their Christian lives in the context of that announcement. So th this is very powerful uh, that uh, now people may take their salvation more seriously. They may take holiness more seriously. They may take Christian service, I mean serving the Lord more seriously. Reach out, reach out, reach out even more faster now. That's the purpose of this whole announcement that is coming to you at this hour. And I said that if I had time, I would also plow with you the prophetic timeline of God, which begins with the cross, so before the cross, and between the cross and the rapture, then you can see the calendar events, the cross, and then the next calendar event, which is about happening is the rapture, the next most important. After that, then we have the three and a half years of tribulation, three and a half years of great tribulation. And then there is another calendar event, I mean, another demarcation on the prophetic timeline, which is really the second coming of the Lord. And when it comes, there's a lot of cascade in there. I shared a little bit yesterday, but I would have wanted to share more that I have seen. I have actually seen the Messiah when, first of all, number one, I have touched, I have physically touched the white glorious horse that will come to Jerusalem. I have physically touched him. Hallelujah. I have, I have shared with you here. That's something I've shared here. I've shared it already here. I have physically touched the horse and I said his front legs, are, the thighs are up to up here. He's not a normal horse. He's a huge horse. And he's glorious. I've shared that here. On day one I shared. And then the, from there, you have now that second coming of the Messiah. And then you have, after that, there's so much. I have seen also when the Messiah comes and his feet step on the Mount of Olives, the earthquake that takes place, and I saw the ridge that is formed. And uh, when the, if you listen more, the ridge that is formed and the gate is open and the glory flows within. The, I saw the glory flowing within that that reach. So I have seen these things. They will take place. These things will happen. That's why we need just to be a little bit more careful. But these things will take place. And so it's important to be more serious now when you are here. Very, very serious on this mission. And then after that, we know too well that there's millennial reign of the Messiah. After the millennial reign, then after that, 
we will have now the white throne judgment and then you enter into the eternal state the eternal estate of the Lord yes, I know that Wangeshi normally put some water here not when people are seated but quite early so um, so this is there's so much wealth in the conversation the Lord has spoken in there that I would want to share with you people given the opportunity but for now the main hallmark conversations are this we are handling now the resurrection of the dead then glorification then I will handle the altar of the Lord and see if we have time and do the others. But yesterday we saw very clearly that uh, in the way Daniel describes, the Lord describes in the book of Daniel, the event of the rapture of the dead. So much came out of there. So much. So much. Him that was above the water. And we know too well, don't tell me you walk here with water to me. Don't you on this side of the river in this side. They were talking to him that was standing above the water. So I said be very careful. That may be a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. And that may be a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. Remember I have met Melchizedek. I met Melchizedek. Melchizedek that you see appears to Abraham in the book of Genesis chapter 14. The Lord in the beginning of this mission made me meet Melchizedek and told me this is Melchizedek. I have said this, I have preached it, I have given this conversation across the earth. But I am saying, he that was standing above the water, he lifts up his two hands and he swears. He swears. I mean he vows. By him that sits on the throne and lives forever and ever. That for sure these things will happen in three and a half years. When he was asked, when will this happen? He stands there. Oh, hey. The TV is doing this again. Randy is not even here today to help. So without Randy, nothing ever happens. And so, it's amazing that uh, he that is standing above the waters, he lifts up both hands and he vows, he swears by he that lives forever. That is serious. That's a very serious event. And he swears into a farm that for sure there is a great tribulation coming. So I think that is your take home. That that time, that day will happen. That three and a half years will happen. And so for you as a church, that is yet another moment for which you should make sure that you fight and you don't get involved. You don't enter there. He, he lifts his hands and he does that. We saw that. But when you read further, which I want to open up a little bit for you, blessed people, with so much joy I say this. Um, if you open up a little open up a little bit the same Daniel 12 as we can finish before we go into glorification hopefully today or tomorrow he says the following first of all I told you that if you get time 
for us it's different because we're involved in this prophetic mission of the Lord. And uh, so we read the books of prophecy. But if you have time, I said the book of Daniel 10, chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12, you could read it together. If you have time, if you have time. If you read it together, you understand how the Lord has aligned that conversation and instruction. But in chapter 12, he also spoke here when he said that there are people, verse 10 for example, he says, many will be purified and made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but only those who are wise will understand. That, that should worry you. That is a very serious instruction that again comes out of this conversation. Because he is literally saying that be careful now that there will be a lineage that in the last days there will be a lineage of those that pursue righteousness. Those that pursue obedience to God. Those that follow the gospel. And there will be another lineage of those who no matter what you do, they have habituated, they have chosen that way to love sin and ignore the saving grace of Jesus. That, that should worry you, right? Especially, especially that you should understand that this playing around with sin in the church that you see happening, habituation to sin, liking sin, making it a lifestyle, getting involved in the industry of sin that you see in the church. That should worry you because these people that you see who are wicked, he says, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. That's a lineage of people who obviously you can tell he's saying will enter into the three and a half, I mean, the entire tribulation, seven years of tribulation. And these, you could say, are the beast worshippers. It's as though they have already cut out unto themselves their lineage, their direction, their way. That should worry you. As a person and as a church, you should be so much worried. Say, wow, I don't want to play around with sin. Because now I'm beginning to understand that there are people who will choose sin and just follow sin, 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 until they go and sink in sin. That is a problem, right? Because yesterday, we also saw the gravity. The gravity and the reality of hell. And realize that hell is not a joke. So you want to go and announce this to your countrymen and tell them hell is not a joke. My daughter Grace Wu, you want to tell them that hell is not a joke. So that they avoid going there. You want to tell them that the reality of hell is that Whosoever enters hell never comes back, never comes out. And once you tell them that, they are wise. They will choose against it, right? That's why you are here. Hallelujah. And so, the ones he says are the wicked, who, the, who follow the lineage of wickedness, let's just look at them a little bit, if you don't mind. He says the following about them. And so, I, I say it, they, you could call them those that will worship the beast, right? Because in their rebellion, you can tell they are going to enter there. And so, 
He's saying that the wicked will continue to ignore the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. That's what he's essentially saying there. He's essentially saying that the wicked will continue to ignore the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. And so they will not be taken up in the rapture of the church. That is now the tragedy. So, so that is so important for me because you too now, you can actually look at yourself and probe yourself. Focus on me for a moment, everybody. What the Lord is saying there is a big thing. He's saying that there is a lineage of those that will fear God, de Dios, in Spanish, will fear God, will love the Lord, will submit under the Lord, will submit and obey the gospel. That's what he's saying. And he's saying, parallel to that, there is another group that will continue to be wicked and disobedient forever. That should worry you. That's a very big thing the Lord is saying. So he's essentially saying that there are those that even when you bring the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah to them, they will ignore it. That is a tremendous thing to hear. Now, focusing on me, everybody, look at this now. Just focus on me. Again, number two, that there are those whom, when you bring the prophecy on the coming judgment of God, they will ignore it. That is serious. That's a mucho, mucho serious. That there are people who will deliberately ignore the prophecy that judgment is coming. Are you still focusing on me? As you focus on me, look at this now. In Egypt, there is an atheist, a pagan king. A pagan king in Egypt. And then, when Joseph comes to a pagan king with the prophecy of the Lord, and he gives the prophecy of the Lord to a pagan king, an idol worshiper, Pagan, totally pagan. It's amazing to me that when Joseph gives the prophecy of Yahweh to a pagan king that is worshipping other things, not a Jehovah worshipper, a pagan king worshipping other things. When Joseph comes and gives him the prophecy of the Lord, that judgment is coming. Seven years of bumper harvest and seven years of total drought and no harvest, no agriculture, no crop. A pagan king is able to believe the prophecy of God. That is tremendous. That is serious. And how? How do you evaluate? How do you get to know that the pagan king has obeyed the prophecy of the Lord. Look at this now. In Portuguese they say, mudança, mudança of su conducta. Cambiamento, very good. The change of his conduct. 
the Lord is saying that the evidence that you have believed the prophecy of the Lord is the change of your personal conduct that is displayed after you have heard the prophecy. It's not just listening to the prophecy and sitting down. Not at all. Not at all. So this is serious. So this is really speaking right into the heart of the church. In Corazon de Iglesia. Into the heart. How do you call the heart in Chinese? I know we are live. Don't put the camera on me. Yes. How do you call the heart in your language? The heart. So don't, don't worry. I've asked her. The heart. The, the heart. Look, look, look. The heart. So Shen. This is serious. He's saying that when a pagan king that is worshipping other things, worshipping idols and what have you, is given the prophecy of the Lord. The change of heart, the change of shin, the change of heart that that king has is the true evidence that that king has believed the prophecy of God. Let me, let me put it better. Let me put it better though. Let me put it another way. That that change of heart which that king displays after the prophecy is given is actually evidenced by a change of conduct. By change of behavior. This is important for the church. Listen to this. This is important for the church. Because he's saying that the, the pagan king has now believed the prophecy of Joseph, prophecy of the Lord, and by believing, then we see the king making changes in Egypt. He builds big silos and stores for cereals, which is demonstrating the whole world that his heart, his heart has believed the prophecy of the Lord. A pagan, a total pagan. His heart has actually believed the prophecy of the Lord. He makes changes. He does things differently after the prophecy. He is doing things differently after the prophecy. As evidence that he has believed the prophecy of the Lord. He does this. He builds big stores. And he begins to instruct people to start growing a lot of crop. And they, they, they eat some but save a certain percentage to be kept in the big stores. He gives that instruction to his people in Egypt as evidence that in his shins, in his heart, he has believed. He has believed the prophecy of God in Sukorazon, in Spaniol, the heart. He has believed. This should be very serious to you. And he appoints Joseph and they begin to collect cereals and they store cereals. Meaning, he has believed that when that time comes, surely there is a famine that will take place there. Are we together? Uh, follow me on this still. Focusing on me still. He's saying, and sure enough, the famine comes. And then he's saying, now he's juxtaposing. He's taking the church 
that has been worshipping Jehovah and is juxtaposing on this king like this, then this king outmarches the church. Beats the church hands down. It's amazing. That's why he said, let's stop for a moment. Let us stop for a moment and let us have a conversation for a moment, please. This is important. I said, this is very important. Because the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah has been announced. And is still being announced. That look, all these visions here, this is an announcement that the Messiah is coming. Again, there too, I said, that the Messiah is coming and he's saying, and the wicked continue to be wicked. Number two, the prophecy that judgment is coming, you see even the, the, maybe theophany, I don't know what, that looks like Christ before his incarnation, standing up there, lifting his two hands, and swearing by him that sits up, and he confirms to the earth that sure enough the tribulation is coming, and the great tribulation. He confirms by swearing that judgment is coming. Dugament of Yanin. He confirms that for true, for sure, that time is coming. But the wicked continue to be wicked. That's why I say it is important that now we juxtapose. We take the Egyptian pagan king and then we take the present day church and try to put them together and see now who is going to perform better than the other before the Lord? He's saying that every vision here, every utterance of my mouth has been the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. Repent. Repent. Turn away from sin. Be holy. Be ready all the time that when it happens, you don't remain here. You go into glory. That has been the pronouncement of my tongue forever. And he's saying, but when you look at the church, they still remain in sin. I was in Namibia, and apart from the conference in Namibia, the big conference in Namibia, there was a massive healing service. Cripples got up and walked away blind. They fought chaos. Very powerful. But, but before you clap your hands, if you go back to Namibia, Namibia is still in sin in the same position where they were before the announcement came. Did you now understand what the Lord is raising here? This is serious. Very serious. Now you understand what the Lord is raising here. That the king of Egypt, a pagan, he had no Bible to read. He had no miracle to make reference on and build his faith. He had no DVD and YouTube to watch a cripple and build his faith. Not at all. But when he was told that this is what the Lord has said, he believed. 
And that believing was actually evidenced by the change of conduct. He began to align, alinear, align his life with that prophecy, my Lord. Hi. El comenciar, alinear su vida con profecía de Dios. That was such a powerful evidence that the king has actually believed the prophecy. But you go to Namibia and you do a mega healing service and you do a conference there and then when you leave and cripples are still walking up now, the ones who walked on that day, and blind and deaf and mute, and then today, the same country today, the same country today, is still in the same position, unchanged. That is amazing. That is really amazing. Actually, that is very shocking. Why? How? A pagan king, I can believe. Why? No. And you are Christians. The people of God. Hi. I've been to Sweden severally with many conferences, about six times to Sweden, announcing this. But when you go back there, they are leaving as though there is no announcement that has taken place. It is unbelievable. Hi. That is serious. He's saying, be careful with this habituation of sin in the church. This unnecessary loving of sin going on in the church. There is a building of two lineages. That, that's now the, the warning that's coming from here. This is amazing. This is powerful. Okay, so they, can you just switch off the TV? Switch it off. Yeah, because you can tell it's going off and on. Yes. If Randy does not help you, there's no way you'll make it. Switch it off. So, because he's distracting people. Yeah. He's saying that this loving of sin going on in the lives of the Christians is too deadly. And saying, the people that he says the wicked will continue being wicked my son from Toronto, it is good to see you. I bless you. It is good to see you. From Toronto, Italy. Powerful healing service there also. But he's saying very clearly here that those people, they are wicked. And they are the people who even if the prophecy came that the Messiah is coming, they do not obey. They ignore. Number two, the prophecy comes that he that was standing above the water has lifted up his hands. And he has sworn by swearing that for sure the judgment of God is coming. They still ignore. They ignore the prophecy of hellfire, that there is hell. Are you now starting to understand me properly? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now you're starting to understand me. This is very serious. They, in other words, are ignoring the prophecy that there is hell coming. For those who don't obey the gospel, that there is hell fire coming, they ignore. This is very serious what the Lord spoke yesterday in the book of Daniel. This, this tremendous prophecy of the rapture of the dead. And we have so much, I'd rather start running. We have so much really. I'd rather start running with this. They ignore, if you're writing, they ignore the prophecy of the coming of hellfire. He says, this, that generation becomes a generation of the great tribulation. That's why I said the worshippers of the beast. Because they are not changing. If you look at the present day church, can I take Kenya as the example? There is such a massive revival going on here. Cripples are walking, blind can see. All the evidence has been placed before Kenya. It is true. All the evidence has been placed before them. The time is over, the Messiah is coming. But if you go around the country, you find people still in other churches where there is no announcement at all going on. This is what the Lord is talking about here. So when you see a very senior president of a Pentecostal Bible College of Italy coming and sitting here, then that is a very big thing. Let us clap to the Lord. That is a very big thing. Why? Because they are simply saying that the announcement has been made. We need to know what the Lord is saying so we can prepare our nation. That when God gives a prophecy, there must always be response. A linear to vida con prophecia de Dios. You must. You cannot ignore. Otherwise, you are the people he's talking about here. The lineage of wickedness. He said, it's a generation of the great tribulation. They are the beast worshippers. It's a generation of blasphemy. They are the unrepentant generation or people or lineage, whichever way you want. That they are the people that will reject God no matter what evidence you present to them. They will just reject God. They are people that love sin and the pleasures of sin. They are people that have accepted the world with this sinfulness. They are people that have made the world, the sinful world, their home. They are comfortable with the world as it is with this sin. They are people that have rejected the grace of Jesus. They are people that reject God's mercy. There are people that have rejected Jesus himself. You reject his grace, you have rejected him. There are people that know very well that God exists. They know very well that God exists, but they reject him. They know very well that God judges sin. Because if you follow them in the tribulation, you hear them saying, Oh, that the rocks may cover us from him who sits on the throne. Meaning they know it is him doing it. It is him judging. 
but they are not willing to submit. They rather, they prefer to go and hide under the rocks than to run to the Lord. Because they ask, the wrath of he that sits on the throne and the wrath of the Lamb has come. But who can stand? They know very well that only by receiving Jesus can you stand. But they still prefer to go and hide under the rocks. So those people are not rejecting the Lord or they are not wicked because they have not had the gospel. They have had the gospel. They have been given the privilege to hear the gospel. But they reject him. He's saying very clearly here. They know that God is the one judging. And he judges sin, but they still continue to reject him. There are people that choose sin because they love sin. And they are loving sin not because they have no other option or exit, but they just love the pleasure of sin. Oh, that is pretty pathetic. That's why I'm saying be very careful with this habituation, this getting used to sin you see in the church. Getting used, habituation. Be very careful with this chronic sin in the church and uh, addiction, addiction to sin. You, will, you need to check yourself. Do I love sin that much? Are there certain sins in my life that I'm not able to clean out? I'm not able to take a position strong and say, no, I want to stop this from today on. Then you can tell. If you're one of those who have habituated on sin, who have actually loved sin eternally. This is unbelievable. He says they choose to sin because they love sin, not because they have no option or exit, but just because they love sin. Even though the Bible truth has been spoken to them, and they are aware that the Bible clearly defines the fate and the destiny of sinners, they don't care. My Lord, if you reach that level of not caring, wow, the Lord may not help you. You have to acknowledge that you are sick for the doctor to help you.